Welcome to the Gear Talk Podcast, everybody. I'm so pumped to have you here to talk about my favorite topic, which is all the latest and greatest and most expensive in gear. I'm your host, Geraldo Giraldo. <laughs> and today on the show, we're going to talk about all the best Boxing Week, Black Friday, uh, Christmas, New Year's deals so that you can spend every single dollar that you make shooting photos and videos on gear. <laughs> and uh, I actually don't I actually don't want you guys to do that. And luckily, this isn't the gear talk podcast, although we are going to be talking about gear for the next, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes. And I am, of course, your photographer, Jared Poirier, and I'm very excited that you've decided to join us here for a excellent episode on gear. Uh, we're actually going to be discussing the best, the mediocreist, if that's a word, and the worst gear that I've personally used in my career as a photographer and a videographer. But before we can get into any of that, we need to thank our sponsor, which is CloudSpot, the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online. You can experience beautiful galleries, easy downloads, and integrated sales. And let me just tell you guys, ever since I've been using CloudSpot, I have to admit that it has saved me a lot of time and uh, and I definitely recommend it for photographers. It's a great way to impress your clients and get back some of your time because as we know, time is money. And speaking of money, <laughs> we're talking about gear today and it's important not to waste your money on unnecessary gear. Uh, I was inspired to do this episode when I listened to a podcast by a uh, another great podcaster, photographer, uh, he's been in the game a little bit longer than me, and he has uh, quite a bit of wisdom to share, and that is, of course, uh, Casey with the Nerdy Photographer podcast. I definitely recommend that you guys go and check out his episode. He did an episode all about, you know, um, not being seduced by all of this, like, Black Friday sales and all of this stuff and really, you know, putting out some strategic information on how you should spend your money as a photographer and videographer. Really appreciated his episode. Probably the best takeaway from that episode um, for me personally was just like with all of these uh, deals going on and sales and stuff like that, it can be pretty tempting to uh, to want to spend some money. And uh, the best thing that Casey said was, you know, it, it's okay to buy some gear and take advantage of these deals. Just make sure that it's something that you were going to buy all, already, right? Like, don't go spending extra money that you don't necessarily need to spend or, or maybe don't even necessarily have, right? Like, certainly you don't want to be going into debt because it's Black Friday. So, yeah, I really, uh, really appreciated those insights from Casey and it inspired me to make this episode. Uh, I just want to give a couple of caveats here and then we're going to get into some of the gear. I'm super excited uh, to get into some of the gear talk uh, here. Uh, but I do just want to mention that all of this stuff is my personal experience. You know, 
I'm only uh, an expert in these things to a, a certain degree. Please don't get upset if uh, if I say that a piece of gear like didn't work that well. For me personally, it's all just about what I've used on video and photo shoots, what I've had a good experience with, what I haven't. At, at, at the end of the day, some of this is just going to be a matter of taste, you know. Uh, some people like to shoot uh, with a wired mic. Some people like a wireless mic. Some people uh, like to shoot Sony, and some people are wrong. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the um, the first piece of gear here. Uh, we're going to talk about audio. So let's get into audio here. We're going to talk about three different uh, lav mic systems that I've used in the past and uh, kind of rank them and go through uh, some of the upsides and downsides of each one of these things. So uh, first up in the uh, not good, you know, disappointing category here, uh, we have the Aperture A-Lav mic. Uh, I'm going to say that's the worst lapel system that I've ever used personally. You know, it got me through some stuff when I was first starting out shooting, uh, and it served its purpose, but... I had a lot of weird problems and I understand why uh, this particular system actually, if you try to look it up online, you probably won't be able to find it anywhere. You'll probably have a very, very hard time uh, locating this particular mic system to purchase. Uh, I spent like $80 on it or something like that. I can't exactly remember. Um, but yeah, just like the, the, the quality isn't great. And one thing that was really weird about it is it was prone to picking up like radio signals and stuff like that. Uh, like when I was shooting outside, uh, if I had the, especially if I didn't like straighten out the cord enough, I guess it would get tangled and start picking up the radio. And I learned later um, that if you have like a, like a battery powered mic rather than just one that, um, that plugs right into your camera, um, that that's supposed to help with like interference and stuff like that. So, you know, like for, for around 80 bucks, you can't expect too much. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this thing was kind of a disappointment. The next one that I want to talk about, uh, in the kind of, you know, decent mid range category here, the ceremonic lav, uh, system, the one that I had actually has like the two mics that you can put in. Uh, although, you know, when you, it has not great audio when you're just doing one input. So you probably guess how the audio is when you're doing two inputs, kind of splits them like one to each channel. But the, the one that I had was the, and great name here, guys, you really nailed it on the name. U W Mike nine, uh, ceremonic lav system. I picked this thing up for like 500 bucks, something like that. 500 plus tax. I think again, it got me through, like I did a lot of shoots with this system and it wasn't horrible. I can't say that it was like the, the worst thing that I've ever experienced in my life, um, but I did sell it uh, and uh, yeah, sold it to a very nice person. Uh, he was actually a Mormon guy and he wanted to use it for his church. So I guess that uh, my ceremonic lav is uh, li living a new life there for for what, for what that's worth. Um, I also want to talk about the Sennheiser G4 lav system. 
what I'm actually recording this podcast on today, I uh, rented this for a shoot last night, uh, is the G4 um, that's sitting on top of my camera body right now. Uh, obviously, I am not using a lav though. I'm using the like microphone attachment. That's one of the really cool things about uh, these Sennheiser systems is that you can hook up like all sorts of different attachments to them, right? You're not just limited to doing the lav thing. You can have uh, other accessories, other types of mics that'll sync up with the same system. Um, as you guys can hear, the qualities, it's pretty damn good. I, I'm recording it uh, in like my house and I have like a big open space and stuff like that. So it's probably a little bit echoey right now, uh, but I, I find the, the as compared to other systems that I've used, you know, especially other lapel mics, I find it sounds pretty freaking amazing. And uh, there's like a squelch feature as well that will cut out background noise. Just, uh, you know, feature packed and really worth it uh, for that price point, right? Which is expensive. Like the, the new ones I think are around like 800, 850, something like that. So you are going to be spending some money but uh, you're gonna get amazing quality, and I haven't really had that much uh, issues with uh, with this system. Although I did have some weird uh, like popping going on with it uh, last night, so I don't know. We'll we'll mention that. But still, the Sennheiser G4 Lav system comes highly recommended from uh, your photographer Jared Poirier right here. Uh, Next, we're going to get into some video lights. So I'm super excited to talk about this category. Something that is sometimes overlooked by people, right, is the importance of having good lighting. It's not enough just to have a good camera body. You have to have good light. You have to know how to manage the light and all of that. I'm not going to get deeply into that right now and, uh, and bore you guys with actual like theory of freaking shooting photos and stuff because we're here to talk about the gear brother so uh the the worst um video light that i've used i have to say sorry sorry to all you um cubists out there but the loom cube uh it's like a wallet sized video light uh, it's just not great. It costs $115. That's pretty expensive. Uh, it is by color. It is dimmable. It says 14 hours of battery life. In my experience, that is certainly not true. I, I, I never got 14 hours out of the, one of these things, maybe four hours, maybe, uh, but, but definitely not 14. Uh, and these things, uh, I really put them to the test. We use them on some like kitchen shoots and stuff like that. So they were pretty prone to overheating. Yeah. There's like little accessories that come with them and stuff like that so that you can stick them to the wall or different things. But, uh, honestly, uh, I wouldn't recommend picking up, uh, a loom cube, um, in the middle kind of, you know, acceptable, decent category here, the Q5, uh, Quasar Science Q5. It's like a seven inch LED bar. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got it in the back here, just providing a little ambiance lighting in the back. Uh, yeah, th this thing is a pretty, pretty decent little light. It goes for about 130 bucks. Uh, I think I paid less than that. Um, again, bicolor, dimmable, you know, you can do the more orange tones. You can do more white tones if you want. You know, there's a few steps in between there. I think 
four steps. Um, yeah, uh, four hours at full. That's what it says. Uh, it advertises that you can run this thing full power for four hours. In my experience, even longer. Like uh, I've definitely gotten like five, six, maybe even seven hours out of these things. So I'm pretty impressed with them. They are magnetic, so that helps a lot, right? Like when you just need quick light on a shoot and if there's any like good metal around, you just like click it on there. It's pretty freaking functional. Um, yeah, I would say that the heat tolerance on these as well is really good, right? As I said before, uh, use these things on a lot of kitchen shoots and, uh, I don't think I ever overheated one. Definitely like drain the battery on them and stuff like that. Uh, definitely smash them on the ground a lot, smash them on the ground a lot, drop them a lot. And these things are super durable. Like if, uh, if I grab that thing, you would see like the chips and stuff that are, that are in it. I've, I've smashed it up pretty good and, uh, it still works and it charges well. I do have to mention though, the firmware thing is whack as hell. Like this is why, uh, you know, this isn't higher on the list here. Um, you have to like bring it to the place that you that you bought it to uh, get a firmware update. There's a whole whole mess with with that. Uh, you need like a special type of cord. And I will also say that uh, I had a bunch of problems with uh, the second one of these things that I bought uh, with, with like the firmware and things not working properly. Um, so I only really use the one. That's probably why it's uh, sort of in the middle. Okay, next I wanna talk about the Godox 260C, uh, the best video light that I've used personally, uh, at least that I own. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's what I'm shooting this video on right now. Uh, I've got one of them right here. I have another one over there in the box. Um, they're pretty fantastic. They are $115, which is a great value. Uh, I do have to say that when you go to buy batteries, like the batteries with a charger is like 200 bucks. So that kind of sucks. Uh, but you know, you don't necessarily need the batteries. They are by color. They are dimmable. They are very bright and uh, quite large, 36 by 24 centimeters. Uh, yeah, that ability to add the battery is, is pretty sweet. Um, you know, one thing that I've experienced too is like, you have those cords and then people might be tripping over the cords and stuff. You can avoid that just by using uh, battery powered lights. I will say one thing about these lights is that the way that they design the attachment on the back, they're kind of wobbly. Uh, they move around a little bit like if you kind of shake them and stuff, if that bothers you, if you want it to be such a sturdy light, such a sturdy piece of gear, um, that might be annoying to you. It doesn't really bother me at all. Uh, but just something that I thought I would mention. And you know, for $115, man, like you're getting a, a big panel light that's going to light things up nicely. And I just think that that's a, a great deal. Uh, I scooped up two of these things. Like I said, uh, they don't come with stands, probably Godox sells stands. I already had a bunch of stands, so I was already good to go. It is time for the main event, which is of course, camera bodies. And uh, I've owned a few camera bodies in my time. I've shot on quite a few camera bodies. I don't know why that sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> but uh, the first the first camera that I wanna talk about here, unfortunately, in the, uh, the worst 
camera that I've personally used slash owned, the Canon T5i. And let me tell you guys, Canon T5i isn't that bad a camera. I had an okay experience with it. The fact that it wasn't that great uh, for me was kind of my fault. I bought it used. I didn't really know anything about cameras when I bought it used. So it had a dead pixel from the moment that I bought it. Uh, and I really didn't really know what that meant at the time and stuff like that. You know, these days I would have done a lot more research. I would have noticed a freaking dead pixel on my camera. These like uh, crop sensor Canon DSLRs, they still sell pretty well. I think there's like a T7, maybe like a T8 by now. Uh, I don't really understand why people still continue to buy these things though, considering that, you know, there's mirrorless cameras now. I would much, much, much rather, you know, if I was just starting out today, have a mirrorless like a Canon M50 Mark II or like uh, something in the Sony uh, A6000 series, you know? Um, you'd be able to get something like that for around $1,000, uh, kind of the same price as if you were to buy one of these like uh, Rebel cameras new. So I would definitely recommend going that route uh, over getting like a, you know, T whatever I. So for camera bodies in the middle, like uh, acceptable level, we have the Canon 6D Mark II. I own this camera for like three years, shot tons of photos, tons of videos with this camera. I still think that it is a good, uh, a good photography camera, right? Like especially, especially if you have enough light, if you have a flash, um, if you're just like shooting in daylight, you're going to get good photos. They're not going to be grainy. Uh, I think it has like 26 megapixels or something like that. So it's possible on the video side is where it uh, really fails, right? To be honest, like the video quality isn't great. You don't have any 4k, you know, and you're paying like when I bought it, it was 1400. Now apparently they're $1,800, which is just crazy to me. Like yeah, definitely buy a mirrorless uh, if you're going to spend freaking $1,800. Uh, but they don't even have a headphone jack, right? Like that was the thing that annoyed me so much. Like right now I'm recording uh, on my uh, Sony a7 IV and I have the mic set up. I have the headphones on. I can hear everything perfectly. I can monitor the audio. If there's anything weird that happens, I can do a little bit of uh, retake and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the 6D Mark II, you know, it's not a bad camera. Uh, but not the greatest, not the greatest camera I've ever owned either. And, uh, speaking of the greatest camera I've ever owned, it's this camera right here that I'm shooting this video on the Sony a seven I got this thing this year and, uh, I've, I've honestly been completely loving it. Uh, I haven't even pushed it like as far as it could go. Uh, I've never even shot like the highest quality uh, I hate to admit it, but like I've never even shot the highest quality video footage that I could potentially shoot on this thing. Uh, you know, 10 bit 4K, uh, you can even do up to 120 frames per second HD. Uh, of course, you can do 60 frames per second in 4K, so you can still do some slow mo stuff. 33 megapixels, uh, big, big honking sensor on this thing. Of course, you have the Sony E mount, which is just the greatest mount uh, that's ever been gifted to man uh, by the gods. 
uh, and you also uh, have great autofocus. You have like animal eye tracking, all sorts of crazy features, uh, really just like a feature packed camera for that uh, $3,300, something like that, that I, that I paid for it. Uh, and I do have to say that ever since I got this camera, like just the quality of my work has gone way up and uh, you know, my ability to sell, sell myself as a photographer, as a videographer, uh, based off of my previous work, based off of my portfolio and, uh, and the quality thereof, uh, you know, there's been all of those types of changes ever since I got this camera. So I would definitely, uh, recommend looking into, uh, the Sony alpha series. Um, it's pretty awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit about lenses. And the worst lens is gonna be an easy one. The worst lens that anyone can own is the kit lens that they try to uh, sell you on by putting it in a kit with the camera. If I could give you guys a piece of advice, never, ever, ever, ever buy the camera with the kit lens. Just buy that camera body. There's like a million better lenses out there that you can get. Uh, and that's kind of, kind of all I have to say on that one. Uh, the medium, you know, a medium rare lens that I liked quite a bit, uh, rocked this on my Canon 6D Mark II, like pretty much all the time. Uh, my Canon 17-240 F4, I've since sold that one. Uh, bought it used for like 700 bucks. They, I think they still try to sell them for like a thousand dollars, which is outrageous. But, uh, yeah, you could probably these days pretty easily pick one up for around $500 or even less, maybe 300, uh, at F4, you know, you get a little bit of bokeh, uh, you get quite a bit of light, you know, footage isn't like grainy or anything like that. It's decently sharp pretty good photos, uh, decent range of focal length. You know, that 17 is pretty wide. That 40 is like passable, you know, barely passable for like portraits and stuff like that. It's not quite a 50 or a 70, but you know, it's like, okay, it's a little bit wide. Um, but it was a good lens, uh, and I was happy with it for the time that I had it. But my favorite lens is the lens that I'm shooting this video on right now, which is the Sigma uh, 24-70 f2.8. Freaking love this lens. Uh, great bokeh, tons and tons of light. The 2.8 is amazing. Uh, and like something that people overlook a lot with the lens is just like how it feels, um, you know, when you're zooming and stuff like that, like the smoothness of the zooms and all of that uh, from the user experience, but also how your footage looks, right? Uh, when you're like using that zoom and uh, even like the focus ring and stuff like that, just all feels really good. Super Pro uh, for around $1,000, uh, you know, you're getting a 2.8 lens um, and you can shoot like a little bit wide and then all types of like nice uh, portrait and lifestyle stuff with this lens. Uh, I've been shooting like concerts with it. Um, yeah, food and beverage, like everything. Okay, so now it's time to get into gimbals, you know, and as a video shooter, uh, I, lo I love myself a, a gimbal every once in a while. I don't actually own one right now. I uh, rented the uh, Ronin S3 uh, last night for a shoot. Um, so I'll let you guys know how I felt about that one in a minute. Um, but it's not at the bottom of my list. 
So, so there's that. <laughs> uh, the bottom of my list for gimbals here is going to uh, unfortunately have to be, and no one knows how to say this word, Zwayne? Zuan? Zuan? Sure. Crane uh, 2S is, uh, I believe, the one that I used. Um, that one goes for $700. Like, it was fine. It's a gimbal, right? Like, it holds up a camera. It was, like, pretty sturdy and stuff like that. It was actually quite intuitive, I'll be honest. Uh, quite intuitive to use and pretty sturdy. But the way that the, uh, like, back bracket covers your screen... Um, if you look up a picture of this gimbal, you'll see what I'm talking about. The, uh, there's like a bar at the back, um, that, that covers up the screen and makes it very difficult to, you know, adjust your settings, adjust your aperture, uh, and bullshit like that, white balance, whatever it is. And it even just makes it hard to like, see what you're shooting. You kind of have to either like pop out the screen or whatever, which can like throw off the balance a little bit. I don't know. It, it's just not, uh, not amazing. And kind of a weird design. I'm surprised that uh, no one ever, no one ever brought up the obvious point of like, hey, maybe this isn't a great design when you can't actually operate the touchscreen or like see what the footage that you're shooting. But, anyways, uh, you know, kept kept the camera pretty sturdy. So maybe if you have like an external monitor or whatever, then you probably wouldn't care too much. But uh, yeah, I didn't love it. Um, in the middle here, we have the Ronin S. Uh, these things, I'm not sure what they sell new for. It'd probably be pretty hard to even buy one new. They're kind of an outdated piece of equipment at this point. Uh, you could definitely pick one up for less than 500 bucks. Like you could probably get one for like 300 bucks. I sold mine for about 300 bucks. I had this gimbal for a while. Um, yeah, it's pretty decent. Uh, it's early on in the days of uh, Ronin gimbals and they hadn't quite perfected it but uh you could still put it into like flashlight mode you could still do like the under slung mode uh, you'd hook it up to your phone right you don't have the touch screen and stuff that they have these days so you'd be able to like customize everything by hooking it up to your phone but pretty versatile uh and for you know for the time that i had it i did enjoy it um you, you guys might be surprised that i didn't put uh the uh, rs2 here i actually don't like the rs2 very much i find that the the way that the touch screen is uh, I'm always accidentally hitting the touchscreen, but the RS3 that I tried for the first time just last night on a shoot, um, I, I love it. Honestly, I'm kind of in love with this gimbal right now. Gonna have to probably buy one. They go for about $800. Um, yeah, I didn't really believe that it would be that much of an improvement over the two, but I have to admit that it is um the footage is like incredibly smooth with this gimbal it's quite easy to use you know there still is like the balancing aspect uh and it will take a little bit of time to balance it it's pretty easy to balance it i guess they're, get, they're getting better at making these things at this point so uh but i didn't find any trouble with the touch screen um the ability to like turn off the touch screen uh you know but i, I wasn't really like hitting it accidentally at any point and uh, just the fact that you can, I mean, you can do this with probably any gimbal, um, but that you can obviously hook up your uh, buttons on the handle so you can like hit record and stuff like that from the handle. Very, very helpful uh, when you're like shooting events or uh, especially weddings, I imagine, when you're trying to not miss any moments 
And yeah, just very impressed uh, with the RS3 and uh, probably going to have to pick one up myself. Maybe there'll be some type of stupid Black Friday deal. But you see what I'm saying, you guys, like if you're going to buy it anyways, then it's okay to get those deals, right? <laughs> uh, the tripod uh, section, that's going to be the last uh, section today. Uh, but you know, I told you guys that we talk about cameras and uh, camera gear for like half an hour and... That is what we have done. Okay, so starting at the worst, uh, it, it's Tristan's tripod. <laughs> if Tristan is listening, uh, I couldn't even, we both looked for this uh, tripod online. We had a very hard time tracking it down. I don't think they sell it anymore because it, maybe it was just that terrible, but it was close to uh, the Cameron T310BH. That was the closest thing that I could find to this tripod. The way that the... Um, the way that you extend the legs, like instead of just having a nice simple clip system, like uh, like normal tripods do, it had this twisty thing. So you'd have to like twist it all the way and you had the potential of not making it tight enough. It's just not the type of uh, tripod you'd want to trust even a microphone on, even a light, even, you know, I wouldn't trust anything. I wouldn't trust a GoPro <laughs> on uh, on that tripod, to be honest with you guys. Like certainly not, uh, certainly not a good camera. It's, it's worth it to invest in a, in a decent tripod. And uh, some cheap tripods, like even your shots, are going to be a bit uh, bit wobbly and stuff like that. And just just not worth like risking your camera uh, for a cheap tripod. And uh, yeah, this thing was just uh, kind of a piece of garbage. I don't know if Tristan still has it or if he's thrown it out by now. He'll, he'll hit me up on Instagram and let me know, I'm sure. The uh, next up, we have uh, the tripod that's holding up my light right now. Uh, Cameron uh, T200. There's a 210 as well. I actually b own both of them. Uh, they are a pretty decent little tripod, like a hundred and something dollars. Not a crazy price. Pretty sturdy. Not like the best ever. Uh, one of them I actually broke some stuff on. So, you know, not like the most durable ever, I'd have to say. But for like a hundred and something dollars, I don't know what you can really expect. They are modular, which is cool. You can take like parts off. And if you own a few of these tripods, like I do, you can swap out parts, which is pretty interesting. Put like a different head on uh, the tripods and things like that. So that's cool. You know, there's at least that. Uh, it's a tripod, holds your camera up. Like what, what do you really want, right? Uh, and the best tripod that I've ever used if I was going to buy a fancy tripod, which I might do eventually. The uh, Manfrotto tripods, Manfrotto 500, I think is uh, is the one that I've used before. They're just incredibly sturdy. Your pans and all of the uh, all of that stuff are going to look like super beautiful uh, with those very, uh, very professional Manfrotto tripods. So yeah, that's uh, that's about all the podcast that I have for everybody today. It's been super exciting to talk about gear and kind of have a walk down memory lane to all of the uh, great, okay, and frankly, quite shitty gear that I've used in the past. Um, if you guys want to tell me about some of the shittiest gear you've ever used, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, that is photo underscore friends underscore pod. You can find us on all of the podcast places. And uh, 
And you can also find us on YouTube. We have a Patreon. And we also have a beautiful sponsor, which is CloudSpot. Make sure you check them out. You can get 50% off with the link down below. And for the something random, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. 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 Go watch an episode of Scooby-Doo.